Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. All right, we're doing this right here. We are set for yet another episode, number 54. Man, I can't believe we've done so many. I know. You know what I noticed this week? Yeah. So on our Instagram, our very first like new episode of the season post, I put the wrong episode number. <gasps> really? <laughs> so we have two episode 52s on the Instagram. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I noticed it today oh. <laughs> when I was posting <laughs> the new episode. I was like, oh crap. Whoops. <laughs> you can't put me oh in charge God. of anything anymore. <laughs> Apparently, but I also I can't do anything myself. So, what do we do? <laughs> We're doomed. Especially after I realized you weren't part of our Facebook page. <laughs> My gosh. I was just a fan. <laughs> just a follower. What made us think that we could do this? <laughs> Oh my I think gosh. it's funny because every time we think that we're like one step closer to being more organized <laughs> and more on top of things, something else shows up that reminds us that we're not. <laughs> Honestly, it's like we're riding along on a horse and then boom, there's another brand and then another brand and we're just like, we'll get back up. We get back and go riding all the time. Yeah. But there's always a brand <laughs> that we just didn't notice. Every but luckily, time. it's really funny when we fall and then we just <laughs> try again. Yeah, basically. Oh, gosh. Well, thank goodness we have the patience for this, and hopefully our (laughs) listeners do as well. I think by this point, they should know what to expect out of us, which is very little. (laughs) They should be used to this. Very low expectations. A lot of talk and little else, you guys. That's pretty much all we (laughs) offer, unfortunately. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, crud. (laughs) All right. Well, that's okay. We've got each other. Together, we can do this. With Christ, all things are possible. Hey, yes. (laughs) Christ is on this podcast, too. There we go. (laughs) Okay. What are we talking about today? Before we go any further off the rails. (laughs) Right. Oh, gosh. So today we are talking about gratitude and how awesome that is, because clearly we need it in our lives to stay sane. Yes. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> so we want to talk about gratitude because, as you all have noticed, we've touched on a very few heavy and painful topics. And so now we want to address something that's, you know, lighter and it's bound to do some good for our souls. So gratitude is all about the act of acknowledging our thankfulness, even in the wake of pain and impatience. And so we're continually invited to share our thanks through prayers to our Heavenly Parents and to those around us, um, just as like a helpful reminder that we cannot do anything alone. We need each other, and we can share that through gratitude. So as easy as it sounds, though, we know that gratitude in itself can be hard. It's, it's sometimes more than just saying things. And so today we want to touch on the importance of gratitude and how we can help us see the world ourselves and others in a new light perfect that'll be very helpful right (laughs) it's been hard so we need to talk about something that lifts us up exactly and hopefully that'll do it for everyone as well yes so we are commanded in everything give thanks for this is the will of god 
and that comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We are truly commanded as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. So first, it's a callback to the commandments that thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. If we recognize God as our true only God, that everything we have comes from him and that we love him, should we not also express gratitude to him daily for everything that we have and everything that we are? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. In case anybody was wondering. Sometimes I think that cultivating an attitude of gratitude is a way to counter the development of pride and help you to remain humble. Oh, for sure. Like, if you're working hard to think about everything that you have in this life and attributing all of it to God, then you are taking yourself, your work ethic, and your brain power out of the equation altogether. You are really showing the Lord that you know the source of your blessings and your prosperity. And I think that really makes a big change in the development of humility also. So gratitude changes you, really. Right. Oh, definitely. Well, and then especially like when you think about it, it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and did all this by myself. No, you still had support. You were still had opportunities that came your way. There's still a lot that had to come into play for you to be able to accomplish anything. And I mean, the Lord is pretty much always with you. So there's a lot to be grateful for along the way. Like everything you do, even if it's on your own, is still helped along by several variables. Yeah. Um, and then there's a great quote by Elder Robert D. Hales. He once said that gratitude is a state of appreciation, an act of thanksgiving, which causes us to be humble because we recognize an act of kindness, service, or caring from someone else, which lifts us up and strengthens us. And gratitude is the attitude of being unaware or not recognizing when someone has assisted or helped us, or even worse, when we know we have been helped and have not given thanks privately or publicly. In some quiet way, the, ex the expression of feelings of gratitude have a wonderful cleansing or healing nature. Gratitude brings warmth to the giver and the receiver alike. I like that. That is so nice. It really is. Gratitude is just so wholesome, you guys. So, as always, we've pulled the Dieter F. Uchtdorf talk. Heck yes. <laughs> I swear, like, <laughs> we do it in every every topic we use. We deliberately talk. just go through every single <laughs> quote just to find one that will fit in here. Because he's our man. <laughs> so, in his April 2014 conference address, Grateful in Any Circumstances, Elder Uchtdorf said, True gratitude is an expression of hope and testimony. It comes from acknowledging that we do not always understand the trials of life, but trusting that one day we will. Being grateful in times of distress does not mean that we are pleased with our circumstances. It does mean that through the eyes of faith, we look beyond our present day challenges. This is not a gratitude of the lips, but of the soul. It is a gratitude that heals the heart and expands the mind. I really like that. Especially how it's like not a gratitude of the lips, but of the soul. I used to not like saying thank you because I was so afraid that it would come off as ingenuine. And I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, thanks, whatever. I always wanted my, my gratitude to be super deliberate, and which has helped in a few scenarios. But at the same time, it also like kept me from saying thanks when I should have a few times. And it's just important that we keep that in mind when we are giving thanks in any scenario, that we should really be trying to put our soul into it and not just letting it be words off the tongue. Yeah, I think what he says about being grateful in times of distress not being about being pleased with your circumstances, but being able to recognize that things are going to improve is something important too, because 
a lot of times we talk about gratitude in the church, like we should be grateful for our trials. And honestly, like in the moment, that's the last thing you want to hear. No, when I'm in pain, I want anything but to be in pain. I'm not going to be like, thanks for everything. No, I'm going to be like, get this out of my body. Yeah, that's like the last thing you're going to be thinking about. But like having a spirit of gratitude is still saying like, you know, Heavenly Father, thank you for getting me through today, even though it's been very difficult. Exactly. I love that. Um, also, okay, so one of the other definitions, so to speak, of gratitude is that how it can be defined also as the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for, and to return kindness. And so I just really like that addition because it implies potential proactive action in the future because of the feeling and attitude. There are times, of course, where being grateful is enough, and then we will also have many chances to reflect that in our attitudes and our actions. And so I just love all the stories of people giving back and what's what's the word of like a chain, chain reaction of like good things happening and things like that. There's a word for it. Pay it forward? Yes, pay it forward. Yes. Yeah. So like that's like showing your gratitude for something that has happened and wanting to pass on such kindness to others. I just think that's so important because sometimes we can say thanks and then just walk away. But there's also going to be opportunities where we can say thanks and then do something more about it. Yeah. So aside from being commanded to have gratitude, we also need gratitude to truly survive and to thrive on this journey of mortality. Continuing his talk, grateful in any circumstances, Uchtdorf says, everyone's situation is different and the details of each life are unique. Nevertheless, I have learned that there is something that would take away the bitterness that may come into our lives. There is one thing we can do to make life sweeter, more joyful, and even glorious. We can be grateful. It might sound contrary to the wisdom of the world to suggest that one who is burdened with sorrow should give thanks to God, but those who set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude can find a purifying drink of healing, peace, and understanding. And I love how he says that last line, those who set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude can find a purifying drink of healing, peace, and understanding. Wow. Not only because of the alliteration with bottle and bitterness and goblet and gratitude, but also because it really can be a healing drink. I know from my own experiences, like I have a habit of falling into like spiraling cycles of depression that start with a really small thought of malcontent. And if I'm not careful, I will latch on to every bad thought and be like completely able to come out of it. But like, as I force myself to think about the blessings I have or the positive experiences I have in my life day by day, it helps me to redirect my thoughts away from the things that I don't have and focus on peace, understanding, on joy, and all of those good feelings end up washing over me. And that usually, actually not usually, that always pulls me out of the darkness and back into light again. I really don't have anything to add on to that. That was just beautifully said. And like, we do need gratitude. We do need to have thankfulness in our lives and in our hearts and in our souls to help us get through all the garbage that we go through. Because we go through a lot. We do. However, there's also the potential situation where gratitude can become a problem mm-hmm. instead of the solution, which is very unfortunate. That happens when there's toxic gratitude in the church and it becomes insanely problematic. So we've discussed that a little bit earlier in our episode about mourning. 
Uh, but we do want to explore it a little bit more today because we want to talk about how sometimes in the church we have a tendency to focus on the bright side when things are going wrong in our lives or when things are particularly difficult in our lives. We try to focus more on enduring to the end rather than acknowledging what we're going through. And this can be very bad. While in theory, it's a good practice, it can often not allow us to grieve or mourn the things that we're struggling through, thus making us ashamed of ourselves. And so we we use that and we use that guilt to try to ignore and bypass the bad moods and the pain that we're really going through when we need to acknowledge our emotions. Yeah. I know I've heard it in other stories too, where like people go, talk about struggles that they're going through, like cancer or, you know, losing a child or, you know, losing a spouse, things like that. And everyone tries to be uplifting. They're like, okay, well, at least this, you're not like this. At least you have this. At least you can still do this kind of thing. And I mean, they're said with good intentions, but they can go so badly and they do cause more harm than good. Yeah. Having the constant nagging thought in your head of like, well, things could be worse. Mm -hmm. That's not helpful for you to cultivate that attitude of gratitude. Like, no. And you should allow yourself to feel those things and to feel sad when you're sad and to feel upset when you're upset. Yes. Such a precarious balance. Acknowledge the feelings and learn how to react to them and how to use them. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why safe spaces exist now. Safe spaces are a place for people to be themselves in the moment when they need it. It's supposed to be a place or a person, a spot where you can consider the struggles that you've been going through and where there's no one who's going to judge you or tell you what to do or anything. And hopefully through that, by feeling what you're feeling, then you can work your way out of it to get comfortable again everywhere else. There is a licensed therapist named Julia Bonheim, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing her last name incorrectly. She has created a blog for her therapy group in Seattle, Washington called A Safe Space. In one of her blog posts, it's about gratitude versus toxic positivity, which like I feel really clearly explains what the difference is. So she says, quote, the normal gratitude talk that always reaches a crest at this time of year is currently tempered with a particular 2020-ness, and this is in reference to the holidays last year. Things suck, but I have so much to be grateful for. This framework, which is even more visible this year than most, however, represents a common misconception that gratitude should be able to cancel out pain, and in fact, if it doesn't, that we should feel guilty for our insufficient gratitude. By saying, just look on the bright side, we in fact end up minimizing our pain, shaming ourselves for those painful feelings, and often shoving those feelings to the side where they can fester and come out in other ways. Often, rather than shifting our focus to those who are suffering, we just end up feeling worse. Instead, what might it look like to hold both our gratitude and our distress side by side, using each to help us build a sense of perspective about both our internal and external worlds without giving them the power to cancel each other out? What might it look like to be able to notice what we are grateful for while also recognizing the ways in which we might wish things were different? In holding both of these feelings, we can add a greater complexity and depth to the ways in which we understand our own experiences and the experiences of those around us. Sometimes you feel two feelings at the same time, and that is okay. When we both practice gratitude and also bring attention, self-compassion, and curiosity to our feelings of pain, we enable ourselves to better understand and care for both ourselves and others. End quote. Oh, that is so good. Yes. 
That is really good. That's very clear. And it's a reminder that our feelings are not absolutes. I mean, if you ever try to actually like acknowledge your feelings, which I don't like to do, um, you'll find that they're a lot more nuanced than just like feeling angry all the time. You're going to feel anger, frustration, sadness, um, and a lot of other things mingled in with it, which means it's also possible. It's just possible and more likely than not to be feeling several emotions at one time. So to be able to acknowledge our gratitude and the pain that we are going through, that's totally normal. And it's definitely something that we should try to do when we can. I think it's really great that she said that we can have those feelings at the same time because there are so many times where we don't feel one thing at a time. Right, exactly. Human emotions are always in a spectrum. They're always a range and a variation. Like you could feel happy and excited about something. You could feel excited and also dreading something at the same time, fearful of it. Like you are constantly feeling more than one feeling at a time. You can allow yourself to feel badly without feeling guilty about that, without feeling like you need to be positive and upbeat and looking forward to something. Let yourself sit in your sad feelings for as long as you need to, but then having that attitude of gratitude is knowing that those feelings are going to be temporary and you can move forward away from them. Exactly. Yes, that is so important. I mean, yeah, sometimes you really do just need to sit with the sadness and experience it, feel it out. And then know that you're going to move on, that things will get better, and that better things will come along eventually. You just need to experience and acknowledge these feelings instead of shoving them aside where they can fester and get worse over time. Exactly. So another situation where gratitude becomes problematic is when it's performative. So for a great example of this... (laughs) You guys know it? It's... The Rami Umptim from Alma, chapter 31. Alma the Younger, during his mission, finds himself in the land of Antionum and observes the Zoramites lined up in their synagogue near a tower where each person would climb to the tower, stretch forth their hands, and repeat the same prayer. And they would all do this on the same day of the week. Their worship was 100% performative. And it meant absolutely nothing to their lives or to their hearts. Right, exactly. And then it even says, I think in one of the following verses, that, yeah, they go home, they climb down off the tower, they go home and forget about all of that until the next week. Yeah, and they never mention God or the gospel or anything else about their religion until the next time they do it. Right, it's just me, me. Thank you for me. Thank you for me. Thank you for me. I'm so blessed. Thank you for me. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to call it out because... I have to say it like this. I am not going to lie to you guys ever. Do it, Tracy. I do not like the social media posting campaigns that the general authorities invite us to do, like hashtag give thanks or hashtag light the world. I understand that the intention behind them are good. I totally do. Right. They want us to create gratitude in our lives and to be able to share it with others. Understandable. Yes. Yes. But I always feel like it's forced. And I feel like it's a performative way to be grateful. And then once that week or that month is over, people are done being grateful too. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it sounds bad. And I know I'm probably a terrible person because I don't accept those challenges. (laughs) But like, Mm -hmm. I do it in a different way. Like, I cultivate my gratitude in like my journal or in my prayers for a week or a year or however long and not do it like performatively on social media. Because then like what I notice is the very same people that are all about the give thanks hashtag one week, 
the next week are complaining about all of the hard things that they're going through and ranting and raving about how things are awful and how they're never going to get through things. And it's just, I'm like, did you learn nothing from the week before? You clearly did not. Right. The challenges given to us are meant to be like, they're meant to become habits for ourselves, for our future. It's not supposed to be an online presentation that you will all forget about a few days later. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to sound a little hypocritical, but I did this on my own volition. (laughs) (laughs) So like... I did it my way and better. I mean, yes. Um, (laughs) So... All right. Go on. (laughs) A couple years ago, I did my own gratitude challenge where I challenged myself to post something about gratitude online every day for a year. Yes, I remember. I did it on my own, my 365 days of gratitude challenge for myself. I really did it because I was like, I am miserable. I cannot focus on anything positive in my life. I need something that will hold me accountable, number one, will force me to think of something positive even when things are terrible, number two. And number three, I need something that's going to help me express gratitude more readily towards other people as well. And so I did it on my own. I decided what I was going to do. I picked people in my life that I would send like a huge gratitude message to in their like Facebook inbox. It wasn't put on my Facebook page. It would just say like, hey, this is your day. Check your inbox. It was all just accountability on social media for me, but then everything else was for me mentally and for me emotionally to get into the mindset of gratitude. And since I did that, it has helped me to be more grateful and to have more gratitude in my life. So like, even though I personally don't do the huge social media calls for gratitude or anything like that, I understand why they do it. So that way it is a springboard for you to jump into gratitude. I just don't like it because I feel like people ignore that it's a springboard for you to focus on gratitude. They just do it for a week and then they call it good for the year. They'll care more about content creation and curation rather than the lasting effect that it could potentially have on their lives. Now that's that's really understandable. And I, I remember like seeing all your posts and I was like, that's really cool. And I mean, at the beginning, I was like, okay, Tracy, sure, you're gonna, you might forget about this soon. <laughs> I've done things like that, and I forget about them. Um, but that reflects more on me than you. And like, I started like looking forward to them. And I was like, I, I should be doing things like that. Oh, she's writing notes to people. Like, why don't I write notes to people? Have I done that yet? No, but I hope that I eventually will because that is so good. And we we need to be doing whatever we can to effectively be changing our lives for the better. So yeah, if it's going to be a performative post, then sure, go ahead and do that. Or you can do something else like like you've done. Yeah. Ultimately, you need to be doing what's good for you, not for your audience. And you have to remember that even if you are doing it like social media posts, don't make it just for that week. Like the post can be just for that week, but make sure that you are not making this challenge of gratitude your personal Ramiumptim. Because if you are, then you're missing out on the whole opportunity to grow and cultivate that attitude of gratitude. And you are just putting it on the pedestal for a week and then dropping it and letting it die. Don't do that. Do not go to the Ramiumptim. No. So let's see what else we can do to keep or use or find gratitude within our daily lives. So good thing is in positive psychology research, 
Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. So gratitude helps people to feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health even, deal with adversity, and build stronger relationships. Which, you know, so if, if you needed a, a little boost to get you going on the gratitude kick, then hopefully that's something. Because, yeah, it, it, it is literally good, not just as a way to express our love for Heavenly Father, but it does have lasting and long-term effects on our well-being. Of course, people can and feel and express gratitude in multiple ways. They can apply it to the past and retrieving positive memories and being thankful for elements of childhood or past blessings. They can do it for the present, like not taking good fortune for granted as it comes, as well as the future, like ma- maintaining a hopeful and optimistic attitude. So regardless of the inherent or cult or current level of someone's gratitude, it's a quality that individuals can successfully cultivate further. Yes. Just all of the yes for that. So there's a few things that we can do. Can you list all of them? No. But here's a few. First off, our prayers of gratitude. So Thomas S. Monson in the September 2005 Ensign posed these questions. He said, Do we give thanks to God for his unspeakable gift and his rich blessing so abundantly bestowed upon us? Do we pause and ponder Ammon's words? And then the words are, Now, my brethren, we see that God is mindful of every person, whatsoever land they may be in. Yea, he numbereth his people over all the earth. Now this is my joy and my great thanksgiving. Yea, and I will give thanks unto my God forever. So again, like there have been challenges from prophets and apostles given throughout the years where they invite us to only express gratitude in our prayers and to not ask for anything. At first, it's really, really difficult. But once you get into a rhythm of just expressing gratitude to the Lord, it gets easier to just keep rattling out things that you're grateful for. And it doesn't have to be like, a constant practice or in lieu of your morning and nightly prayers, but having prayers of gratitude can be a great way for you to work on cultivating gratitude in your life because you are dedicating a specific amount of time just between you and the Lord to only talk about gratitude. Right, definitely. And that can help you make it into a habit, which then makes it into a way of life and a way of living, which I think is really good. And I, I swear I was good at it for like a little while. I don't remember when those challenges came out, so I don't know if this is why I did it, but there were, there was like half a year where all of my nightly prayers were just prayers of gratitude mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm going to bed. I don't really need anything. I like, I was at a point in my life where I was sleeping really well. So it was nice. <laughs> um, and then just like in my morning prayers, I'd be like, Lord, get me through this day. Like I need this. I could use this. I want this. Let's talk about this. Um, but at least at night I could be like, okay, like day is done. Let's try to remember some things that happened and look for the ways that where good things did happen, whether or not I had noticed them in the moment. Yeah. So cultivating gratitude in your life can be a life changing, you guys, in case you weren't already aware. I just want to say that prayers of gratitude are very beneficial. You can also just start expressing gratitude more frequently. In Thomas S. Monson's October 2010 conference address, he said, a grateful heart then comes through expressing gratitude to our Heavenly Father for his blessings and to those around us for all that they have, for all that they bring to, into our lives. This requires conscious effort, at least until we have truly learned and cultivated an attitude of gratitude. Often we feel grateful and intend to express our thanks, but forget to do so or just don't get around to it. 
Someone has said that feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Wow. Yes. Mind explosion. That's actually like super impactful. And it reminds me of this youth conference I attended once and speaker Dan Ralphs. He still does like leadership mentorship stuff. He said that we like to joke about how it's the thought that counts, but sometimes it does not count. Sometimes the thought would have changed everything and you didn't do anything about it. So now nothing has changed. Yeah. But that lesson has always stuck with me because I do. That does make me want to try a little bit harder. Like, okay, yeah, I could have tried to do this. I could have tried that to do that. But if I'm not doing anything and I'm just thinking about it, then it's not going to happen. And so sometimes just expressing gratitude can be, it can make such a difference for you and for the other people. Yeah. Feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude are two different things. Like, we can feel gratitude all day long for the things we see, the things we experience, or the things that we're doing. But if we aren't taking that next step of expressing the gratitude either to Heavenly Father or to another person, we're missing out on an amazing opportunity to uplift the people around us and to uplift ourselves as well. It doesn't cost you anything except for a minute, and it can do a lot. And then, hey, if it helps, over 90% of American teens and adults indicated that expressing gratitude made them extremely happy or somewhat happy. So gratitude is good and it will bring good in your life. To continue on with this, in the September 2016 New Era, Elder Robert D. Hales said, Gratitude on a daily basis means we express appreciation for what we have now without qualification for what we had in the past or desire in the future. Beautiful. Thank you for saying that quote, Tracy. You did really good. Thanks. It only took me four tries, but I got there. Okay. I think it's important to remember that gratitude shouldn't be contingent upon receiving blessings. Like we've already covered this a lot in the episode and in past episodes, but having an attitude of gratitude really means being able to look forward with hope and faith in Christ, knowing that he is with us throughout the hard times just as much as he is with us through the good times. And I've talked about this a lot because the podcast is my emotional outlet. So deal with it, people. But like, I mean, the last year of being in the panoramic that we're in or the Patrick Dempsey or, you know, the Panda Express, whatever you want to call this pandemic, I don't care. Sorry, continue. I'm not laughing at you. Plus being unemployed, plus trying to find a new job, moving everything. It's all been really difficult. And it's been, like, honestly, one of the most painful and challenging trials I've ever had in my life. And that's saying a lot because I've had a parent die and another one go off the deep end completely. So, like, perspective. And it's been hard to find joy in the journey. But, like, even when things are hard, I have really found a lot of comfort and have been strengthened because I've been trying to focus on the small blessings and tender mercies that I do have. I have my moments where I wallow and I'm in a bad mental state, but when I really focus on thanking the Lord for the tiny miracles that I'm seeing in my life and thanking my friends for the little miracles that they're giving me also, that is giving me the strength that I need to endure. And even though it sounds super like trite, pushing myself to be more grateful really helps change my mindset. And it helps me to strengthen my faith and it helps me to be more willing to accept the Lord's will. So even though everything sucks in general, I know things will get better. All right. So another thing that we can do is also make a gratitude journal. 
So those have definitely taken off over the last couple of years. I don't honestly, I'd say up to 10 years now, because I remember learning about them as a, as a teen. And I was like, oh, this is fabulously new. And I've <laughs> seen how there's like a lot of planners like at the beginning of the year, like they now like are adding sections for daily gratitude. And I mean, actually my sister has a gratitude journal. Like it's like specifically like created to be a gratitude journal. They're really popular now. They are. Which is pretty cool. So yeah. It's been proven that regular gratitude journaling has been shown to result in 5 to 15% increases in optimism and 25% increased sleep quality. So that's nice. And then just like long-term, for your long-term well-being, it can be increased by 10% with just five minutes of a daily gratitude journal effort. Um, so Lauren Jessen, author and founder of Seize Your Youth, wrote an article for Huffington Post about the benefits of keeping a gratitude journal. And she said that some of the benefits of keeping a daily gratitude journal include lower stress levels, feeling calm at night, gaining a new perspective of, of what's important to you in life, allows you to learn more about yourself and become more self-aware, and reminds you of the great people and things in your life, among many other benefits. Oh, she did highlight a tip uh, for maintaining them, and it says to keep the journal by your bed and write for five to ten minutes before you go to sleep. Your journal may even become a symbol for gratitude so that when you just look at it, you will feel a sense of appreciation. Oh, that's cute. That was super nice. I like that. So in October 2007, Henry B. Iron gave a talk um, about the importance of journaling in his life, and he specifically said, quote, before I would write, I would ponder this question. Have I seen the hand of God reaching out to touch us or our children or our family today? As I kept at it, something began to happen. As I would cast my mind over the day, I would see evidence of what God had done for one of us that I had not recognized in the busy moments of the day. As that happened, and it happened often, I realized that trying to remember had allowed God to show me what he had done. More than gratitude began to grow in my heart. Testimony grew. I became more certain that our Heavenly Father hears and answers prayers. I felt more gratitude for the softening and the refining that come because of the atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ. My point is to urge you to find ways to recognize and remember God's kindness. It will build your testimonies. You may not keep a journal. You may not share whatever record you keep with those you love and serve. But you and they will be blessed as you remember what the Lord has done. End quote. And I really like that because... He admits that, like, he would really think at the beginning, like, I don't know what to write about. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, naturally grateful for everything. I don't know what was good. And so he made those questions that helped him to think more fully about what blessings he had encountered from the Lord during the day or what blessings his family members encountered during the day. And as he did that, he started to see more frequently and more clearly what the Lord was doing in his life. As a result of his focus on gratitude, his heart softened, he focused more on the atonement, like, and his testimony grew. So, like, all of those things can happen in our own lives as we focus on doing any bit of gratitude development in our lives. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, though. Like, if a lot of the times we're not going to notice something unless we are specifically looking for it. Okay, you know, like... If I am looking for my keys, I'm not going to be looking in without any thought of mind. I'm going to be like specifically looking for my lanyard with like the five keys I have on there. Like it's good. We're going to be very specific. So when we are trying to express our gratitude, we're going to go from the basic list of like, okay, well, I'm happy for, you know, my job, my house, my family, my dog, 
And then it'll go on to like, you'll eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, I can see where the Lord helped me in making this decision today. So I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful for the fact that I didn't have bad traffic today or things like that. Like the more you put effort into it, the more your gratitude will grow, the more goodness that you will find in the world, which can be helpful in a time like this. So Very much so. Yes. Anything can help, especially right now. So one other thing, another thing that we can do is choosing gratitude over bitterness. So we talked about this a little bit so far and, and in Uktor of Saki, you know about the, the thing of the bowl of bitterness, the goblet of gratitude. Bottle of bitterness. Bottle. That makes more sense. But, and he says, some might say, what do I have to be grateful for when my world is falling apart? Perhaps focusing on what we are grateful for is a wrong approach. It is difficult to develop a spirit of gratitude if our thankfulness is only proportional to the number of blessings we can count. True, it is important to frequently count our blessings, and anyone who has tried this knows there are many. But I don't believe the Lord expects us to be less thankful in times of trial than in times of abundance and ease. In fact, most of the scriptural references do not speak of gratitude for things, but rather suggest an overall spirit or attitude of gratitude. In other words, I'm suggesting that instead of being grateful for things, we focus on being grateful in our circumstances, whatever they may be. That's cool. Yeah. Little heavy, solid stuff. We need to stop spending so much time focusing on the things that we have, but for the moment that we are in, the situations that we are placed in, whether they're fun or not, basically. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I like that. Yeah, especially if you think about it in the sense of like when you're going through a trial and you're like an unemployment trial or like someone's really sick, it's hard to be like, I'm grateful for my house and my health and my safety. Yeah. Like, it's hard to just rattle those things off. But if you can be grateful for like, I'm grateful that I was able to wake up today. I was, I'm grateful for, you know, like the Lord helping me to get through this really hard thing that I had to focus on today or any other little thing. Right. Like, that changes the attitude of gratitude for you. It's not just a list. It's like a feeling. I really like that. So Elder Uchtdorf continues in that talk and he says, My dear brothers and sisters, the choice is ours. We can choose to limit our gratitude based on the blessings we feel we lack, or we can choose to be like Nephi, whose grateful heart never faltered. When his brothers tied him up on the ship, which he had built to take them to the promised land, his ankles and wrists were so sore they had swollen exceedingly, and a violent storm threatened to swallow him up in the depths of the sea. Nevertheless, Nephi said, I did look unto my God, and I did praise him all the day long, and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. We can choose to be like Job, who seemed to have everything and then lost it all. Yet Job responded by saying, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We can choose to be like the Mormon pioneers who maintained a spirit of gratitude during their slow and painful trek toward the Great Salt Lake, even singing and dancing and glorying in the goodness of God. Many of us would have been inclined to withdraw, complain, and agonize about the difficulty of the journey. We can choose to be like the prophet Joseph Smith, who, while a prisoner in miserable conditions in Liberty Jail, penned these inspired words, Dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God, and for his arm to be revealed. 
we can choose to be grateful no matter what, end quote. Once again, we're not telling you to feel guilty about having the bad feelings and having the like the moments of mourning and pain and grief. We are echoing what Elder Uchtdorf said. We can choose to be grateful in no matter what circumstance we're in. I mean, Nephi knew the hardships that he was going through when he was tied to the ship, but instead of complaining about being tied to the ship, he was asking the Lord to soften the hearts of his brothers and to help strengthen him so he could break free. Mm -hmm. So like, instead of dwelling on the negative and dwelling on the horrible situation that you're in, ask the Lord with your attitude of gratitude, how things, how you can survive and endure and make things better. Okay. That just reminded me. And I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, um, but the story of Corey Ten Boom and her autobiography, The Hiding Place, how when she is in a concentration camp with her sister, Betsy, um, they're with all the women, their room, their place that they have, their beds are infested with fleas. And she cannot stop complaining. She's really mad. But her sister, Betsy, was a doll. Her sister would pray with everyone in the evenings. And one time she was like, well, thank you, Lord, for the fleas. And thank you, Lord, for the Thank you, Lord, for the lice. And Corey's just like, are you kidding me? Like, I know we can go through a lot. I know that we can be grateful for our hardships, but this is going past their limit. What they came to find was that the guards would not come into their room and their space because of all the bugs that they had on them, which then because of that allowed them to sneak in scriptures that they could read together with the women to uplift their souls in the evenings. And that's always just kind of stuck out to me because I'm not sure I'm quite to the place where I'm like really grateful for all my trials and everything, but at least it gives me a chance to try and look for the good things that are still happening in my life to remind myself that good things will come from everything that I go through. Yeah. I'm not at that level yet with my gratitude, but that's like the goal. Yes. I aspire to be like Betsy. Exactly. In Luke chapter 17, we hear the story of Jesus and the 10 lepers. And as we know, Jesus comes across 10 lepers who he heals by way of asking them to go and see the priest. He doesn't bless them or heal them on the spot, but he asks them to go and do something simple. They were probably confused and curious, but they went and they did as Jesus said, and their faith healed them. The story explains how only one of the 10 lepers returned to Jesus to thank him. I know we like that story gets shared every time there's like a talk or a lesson on gratitude and how you need to like remember the source of your blessings from where they came and like go back and thank the Lord and everything like that. What we miss in that lesson is we miss that that one leper is our goal. Like we need to become more like that leper who was willing to act in faith and then go back and raise up your thanks. Right. So what we tend to do a lot in the church is we set a lot of precedents and expectations and ideals, which are not bad. They're good. They're things that we should be working towards. Like, you know, getting married in the celestial kingdom. It's what we want to work towards. However, sometimes that's not going to be our only option at the time. It's something to, to, yeah, to be working towards and to strive for along the way. But it's not a one and done kind of deal. It's like, it's a, it's a process thing for us to work through. And I think what you were sharing about Betsy, that like Betsy had basically achieved that level of gratitude. She had achieved the level where she could act in faith and raise up thanks no matter what the results were. And I feel like with time 
and when we really dedicate effort and patient persistence to being grateful and to cultivating that attitude of gratitude that we'll be able to make this our way of life. That it won't just be a one-time thing. It won't be a checklist of saying like, oh, I, I said thank you to someone or I, you know, expressed gratitude this one time today, so I did good. But it'll become like our full way of life and we will really become the grateful people that the Lord needs us to be. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then before we close though, we do want to highlight that because like we will be going through a lot of emotions during that, like there's going to be the gratitude and the pain and gratitude doesn't mean that our pain and our suffering will be removed. It'll be more along the lines of, you know, what Ron Weasley (laughs) says in Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban, you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. (laughs) It's it's going to be like some weird twist like that sometimes, because there's always going to be hard times in life where sometimes all we can do is hang on and try not to fall. We know this pain. We want to share with you that it is still possible to find light in the darkness and gratitude in your struggles. It is possible. And you don't need to do everything. And we're not saying it's the only way to feel happy or blessed or better. But gratitude can be helpful. And cultivating the attitude, we will be able to take on the burdens easier than before. Our Heavenly Parents have given us a beautiful world which they want us to enjoy. And when we can, it would be great to be able to thank them. As you think about cultivating an attitude of gratitude, focus on doing what you can right where you are. If it means having more prayers of gratitude or expressing gratitude to the people around you more frequently or whatever your situation might be, just start wherever you are. There is no right or wrong way to start working on cultivating gratitude in your life. The Lord will meet you where you are and help you to keep moving along. Yes. On top of all of that, there are benefits above all of those that we've mentioned. (laughs) Scientific benefits that show us that positive thinking and being grateful, even just mentally thanking others will help us out in our daily lives. And so those things can be, they open doors to more relationships, they improve your physical health, improve your psychological health, it enhances your empathy and reduces your aggression, it helps people to sleep better, which we've said a lot in this episode, it improves your self-esteem, and it increases your mental strength. Yeah, so who wouldn't want that? Exactly. So we know that it's gonna take time and it's gonna be a constant practice for us ourselves included but we know that it's ultimately going to be worth it and the more gratitude that you can allow to grow in your heart the better off you will be exactly i don't have anything to add on to that we've really said a lot honestly just do what you can and the lord will meet you and when you are able to take another step then just keep pushing forward and you will find that light that you need and you're going to find the peace that you're looking for. And when you cultivate the attitude of gratitude, things will in one way or another get better. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Yes. Thank you for listening to any and all episodes for any and all the likes. We really love you guys. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you, Tracy, for all the laughter. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) See, we're expressing our gratitude. We already are masters of it. Perfect. Hey. (laughs) Progress. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.